Have you ever watched someone go from an assumption to a judgment and then straight into being full on offended in the blink of an eye? Yeah, me too. And it used to make me uncomfortable, but if I found myself in that situation at this point in my life, I'd probably laugh out loud to see just how offended they can really get. Today's episode is a short one. We are here for a good time, but not a long time. So stick around and I'll tell you a story about how avoiding curiosity keeps you ignorant and looking like a total dweeb. This is A Joyful Rebellion, the podcast that explores that moment you realize the life and success you worked so hard to create didn't come with all the fulfillment you thought it would. I'm your host, James Walters, and I want you to be the author of your own story. Each week, I connect with people who inspire bold answers to the question, what do I do now to create a life I love? If you're ready to start answering that question for yourself, you're in the right place. So let's start a joyful rebellion. Everything I'm about to describe took place years ago, but it left enough of an impression that it comes to mind every now and then. And that's my subconscious letting me know I either need to write it down or get the lesson out of my head and into the world in some other way. So here we are. All of this went down in the ballroom of a fancy hotel. It was about an hour before the guests were supposed to arrive for a wedding reception and the room was bustling with banquet staff getting all the final details in place. There's a lot that has to happen just before the doors open to a ballroom that guests may never think about. Ice water, for example, can't be placed on tables an hour ahead of time. If they are, people would sit down to a sweaty glass of plain water, and what fun is that? Same deal with lighting candles and those plates of butter and the cute little shapes. You get what I'm saying. My role as a photographer at events like these gives me a backstage pass of sorts, which is why I was able to be in the ballroom before everyone else besides the hotel staff. That day, I had another photographer with me. She was busy taking photos of some of the details like menus and the cake topper while I was catching up with the banquet manager. Let's call him Jeff. I had worked with Jeff for years and just saw him a few weeks before, so he was giving me the basic download of which door the couple would make their official entrance and a few details about changes to the timeline. As we finished talking, I saw him look down at his watch, and as I turned to catch up with my assistant photographer, I heard Jeff shout out to his staff, Okay, everyone, doors open in 45 minutes. It's balls to the wall time. You know how you have those moments in life when your brain fires thoughts with perfect clarity in a hundred different directions all in a split second? Yeah, that was one of those moments. And my first thought was, that's a really colorful phrase and I've heard it before, though I have no idea what it means. Regardless, I could sense the urgency in Jeff's tone, so it must be his way of saying, let's get a move on. My second thought was, why does my assistant have that look on her face like she just took a big gulp of spoiled milk? And my third thought was about the candles and how they still needed to be lit before I could really start taking photos of the table arrangements and the other 97 thoughts got progressively mundane from there, so I won't bore you. By the time I got across the room to the cake where my assistant was, she whispered, what is with that guy? And I said, what do you mean? She said, he's out here yelling something about balls to walls and... How is he even in charge shouting stuff like that to his staff? Like, what are they going to do? Just go over there and smash themselves up against the wall? This isn't some frat house, and what the hell does it even mean? 
I said, I don't really know the origin, but I get the sense it's supposed to be more motivating than vulgar. Then she shot back, where I used to work, you could get fired for saying something like that. And that's where the conversation ended, at least for an hour or so, because we still had work to do. But after the couple made their grand entrance, had their first dance, and gave a welcome speech to their guest, it was dinner time, which for us meant there wasn't much to do since people tend to frown on having their photo taken while in the middle of chewing their surf and turf. So with at least 45 minutes to kill, I hit up the bar for an ice cold Coke. I'd been on the job six hours by then and was hoping the sugar and caffeine would work their magic to get me ready for the party portion of the night. And once I sat down, I pulled out my phone and hit up the trusty Google to get curious about the fun little phrase that got my assistant in such a tizzy. It turns out, and to the great disappointment of easily offendable people everywhere, the phrase has absolutely nothing to do with smashing male sex organs up against an actual wall. Weird, right? Well, not so much. The term comes from way back in the early days of military aviation, and I have to admit I did not see that one coming. You see, it turns out planes don't have a gas pedal like we do in cars. A lot of them do have pedals, but in planes those are used for steering, not for going faster. The throttle on a fighter plane looks a lot like the gear shifter in a car. It's got a stick that moves back and forth and a handle on top, which back then the handle was round, like a ball. So, pilots referred to it as the ball. If you've ever driven a boat, it's a pretty similar setup to that. So if a pilot wants the plane to go faster, they move the throttle toward the instrument panel, which, if you're taking notes, you might have already guessed is referred to as the wall, because that part of the plane not only held the instrument cluster, it was literally the firewall that separated the engine from the cockpit. So when a squadron leader wants to communicate that his team needs to move as quickly as possible to, let's say, escape enemy fire, given the command balls to the wall is literally the aviation equivalent of pedal to the metal. Because for some reason, people just love saying things that rhyme. So with a simple search, a lot of things became clear to me. I remember that Jeff was a military guy, didn't know what branch, but it wasn't hard to connect the dots on what sort of environment he might have been in when he got used to hearing that phrase. I felt enlightened and admittedly a little smug as I looked across the table at my assistant who still thought Jeff was some perv who advocated people dry humping the architecture or whatever other wild visions her imagination coughed up. I did eventually tell her the real meaning behind the phrase and could tell by her wrinkled up nose that she was let down by the explanation and would likely cling to her meaning for at least a little while until the fog of her indignation had lifted. As we say in the South, bless her heart. She didn't know. How could she know? She never took the time to get curious before forming a conclusion, and we've all been guilty of that at some point. So if there's anything I'd hope you'd take away from my story today, it's this. The next time you come across something that makes you feel a certain way you don't like, before you get offended, make the effort to get curious about it before passing judgment. You might just end up having a good laugh instead of needing to reach for your blood pressure meds. Thank you so much for joining me today and be sure to come back next week. Oh, and can I ask a favor? I love connecting with people who have either led their own joyful rebellion or professionals who help others through that journey. 
So if you know someone like that, there's a big yellow button on the homepage at ajoyfulrebellion.com. I'd really appreciate you reaching out with a suggestion or introduction. Thanks again, and I'll see you back here next week.